I was upset. I didn't think I had what it takes. It took a while to admit anything was wrong. Diet and exercise sounded intimidating. But small, easy goals made it easy to start. Every situation is different. There are many paths to victory, but the end goal is all the same. This is the Weight Loss Podcast with Matt and Courtney, a couple who committed to a strategy and lost a combined 100 kilograms. When it comes to weight loss, you don't just need encouragement, you need a strategy. Hello and welcome to the Weight Loss Podcast. As always, my name is Courtney and next to me is Matt. Hello and welcome to the Weight Loss Podcast. My name is Matt and next to me as always is Courtney. Oh, that's rude. What? You mocking my intro? No. Was, I, <laughs> no. I would never. You would. <laughs> but welcome. Thanks for listening. As always, if this is your first podcast you're listening to, thanks and hopefully you like it. Uh, and if, if this is a, the fifth or fiftieth podcast you've listened to, an extra special thanks because it means you don't hate us. Correct. Oh my God. <laughs> Someone, someone likes us. Never ceases to amaze. Yep. But we're very excited to bring you our topic today, which is, Matt, what's our topic today? You're asking me? Yeah. So, insert video game joke here. No. No, today, 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 this week, this episode, insert descriptor here, uh, Courtney and I have had a chat, um, been thinking about a couple of things, and we've decided that this is the last episode of the podcast ever. We're shutting it down. <laughs> And that's a wrap, Courtney. Great show. Um, thank you for listening. <laughs> Courtney, thank you for joining me. Um, screw this, we're out of here. No way. No, Courtney and I have, have had a chat and we are going to get a bit personal today. Um, even though we are kind of personal, we're going to get a bit extra personal uh, and start sort of unpacking topics that are very close to the heart for us and in some cases may expose raw nerves. But I think it's, it's it's a good thing to, you know, show yourself if you're going through something similar that it's not just yourself. Mm. That, you know, these are things that affect us too. And we're going to start with this episode discussing the topic of Courtney's fear of food, which she still has. Yes. So, Courtney, would you like to give a bit of background to this? Yes. Well, I don't like literally fear food. I love food. I love delicious food, probably to a uh, fault, so, which is the main reason why I was overweight in the first place, because I just love food. And I would overeat on food a lot. So th- that sort of had led to, I guess, once I started to become healthier which I started to work on um, a healthier lifestyle I started to focus on what I was eating exercise more and drop uh, some body fat I carried that fear along with me so that fear of still overeating on food is one that I still carry around and still to this day sometimes have to check myself on how does it affect you in in modern times I think now I obviously know the answer to my own questions a lot of the time. So I can sort of take a step back and just really sort of check myself and, uh, and, and, you know, keep going. But actually, sorry, it's just sort of like a, 
it's just something that's there. Before before we get into the into the modern stuff, can you can you sort of flesh out in detail how you used to overeat when you were younger? Yeah, I think it wasn't necessarily as much how often I ate as how much I ate in at one time. So I would be I would just have really big portion sizes. Um, and especially if I was eating something that I loved, so some sort of delicious meal that I love to eat, I would just, it just, there was no switch off for me. There was no switch off in my brain to say, you know, that was delicious, but you've had enough. There, I was missing that, that second part. It was just, that was delicious, have more. <laughs> that was delicious, I'll have more. Now, uh, for, cl- for clarity's sake, what sort of delicious food are we talking about here? Because... Everyone has different definitions of what makes delicious food. Yeah, mine was probably quite varied, but it wasn't like chicken and vegetables. Well, can um, you contrast it to how it is now? You're, you're talking about what did I used to eat a lot of. So a lot of takeaway foods. So really fatty, high uh, in fat foods, deep fried foods. Um, takeaway foods in different cuisines like Chinese and things like that. So quite oily type of foods as well uh what else did i used to eat a lot of ice cream well sweets yeah sweets for me were really big so i wouldn't just be able to have just a little bit of chocolate i would have the whole block of chocolate or you know i didn't have i was uh after tafe i got a job my first job oh sorry tafe is like um how would you say TAFE after Communi- high school? Community college. Like community college. So I went to TAFE for two years, which, yeah, it isn't university. It's like community college. I went there for two years after high school and straight out of TAFE, I got a job for a wedding decorations company and I would be in charge on the weekends of going out and setting up decorations and packing up decorations from weddings. So I was on the road basically all of Saturday and Sunday, especially during sort of the summer months because obviously weddings are really popular. So I was on the road a lot, so I would eat a lot of KFC, I would eat a lot of McDonald's, I would eat a lot of Subway because at that time I believed that Subway was the better choice for me. The healthy option. It was the healthy option. So I would have Subway, but I wouldn't just go to Subway and just have a wrap or anything like that. I would go to Subway and I would have a full foot long sub. I would have multiple cookies as well because the cookies are delicious at Subway. And a drink as well, a soft drink. So that would be like a standard lunch for me. And then usually I would still be hungry again between uh, that lunch and dinner. Sometimes I would eat something. Sometimes I wouldn't. Sometimes I would snack on chips or something like that in the car. Um, Otherwise, I would just wait, force myself because I thought I was doing the right thing by forcing myself to wait till dinner to eat again. And then, but then at dinner, I would again have something really large. So whether it again be takeaway or if there was a home-cooked meal, I would have that. But often if it was something that I particularly loved, like lasagna or, you know, we had a lot of barbecues growing up. So there was barbecue meat and things like that. There was some salad, but I would really just eat the meat and chips. And as I said, 
those sort of foods, there was no, there was nothing in my brain that sort of said, you know what, that was delicious, you're right, but you've had enough now. So I would just keep eating. Did you ever get sick from it? I would feel sick. I was never, I was never physically ill from it. But I would feel sick often after dinner. Like you get that feeling where you're so full that your stomach honestly feels like it's stretching. Food coma? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So I would be so full and also like even if I felt full during the meal, I didn't want to stop eating because I liked what I was eating. So I just kept eating. Um, Yeah, that, that... and then after dinner, I would let myself sit and let my food settle. And then it was never even an option of that you wouldn't have dessert. What was dessert? It was usually ice cream or chocolate or... Chocolate ice cream? Some sort of sweets like that. It was never sort of homemade sweets. It was always... Straight from the box? Yeah. And was it the same thing where you would just cut sick and just have the whole bucket? Yeah. Yeah. Well, sometimes I would actually have less dinner. <laughs> to make more room for the, the dessert? Correct. <laughs> I laugh because I've done that. Correct. So it was dependent on what I had for dessert as to if I would let say to myself, oh, yeah, no, nah, I won't go back for seconds because I'll save room for dessert. So a bit of strategy on that so one. So there was a lot of strategy that went through my mind. So, yes, yeah, so that, that sort of was how I would overeat on food. There was just no cutoff point for my brain. It was just, I love the food. It tastes delicious. I want the food. Give me more of it. All right. So then, you know, we, you and I meet. You start to make some pretty good progress. You start to make some changes. Your body starts to change. You know, you, the improvements are, are apparent, both internally and externally. How... How, if at all, did this fear of eating and fear of overeating, how did that sort of change as you were changing? Did it? Well, it did to a certain point because I know the response now. Like I know the answer, but it doesn't necessarily make that fear go away. I think there's certain fears and we talk about it with changing habits and things like that and and conquering fears. There's just certain ones I think that, can reoccur and this is just one of them for me Um, but I think the thing that changed for me was when I first met you Matt I was I distinctly remember you asked me to write down my meals what I was eating for the last couple of days before I went to meet with you and I was trying to be like on my best behavior because whenever anyone ever says I'll just write down a couple of days worth of meals for me you're going to be on your best behavior for those couple of days. And especially if you're going into talk to a trainer or you're going to go into training, I think a lot of people tend to make the week before that happens like extra good because I don't know, I think we must tell ourselves that if we're really good the week before we meet with the trainer, there's going to be like a noticeable difference. And I don't know what it is about it, but yes, I was trying to be extra good the week the before that I met with Matt and especially the couple of days that I had to write down my food and I tried to just have the three meals because I thought that that was what you were supposed to do. So I just had breakfast, lunch and dinner 
Um, I didn't write down how much of those things I was having. I just wrote what I had. But of course I was like starving because I was always hungry. So I had really big portion sizes. And I think once I met you, Matt, and you started to teach me about nutrition and teach me about how the metabolism actually works. And the first thing you said to me was, oh, you don't eat enough. And here I am thinking, "Mm, pretty sure I just tried to starve myself for three days to show you that I was being really good. And now this idiot is telling me I'm not eating enough. Um, You married this idiot. So that was pretty confronting, I have to say, because I thought I was of the opinion that less was more. Everyone who had ever lost weight around me had always used that method, which was less is more. Uh, There was a time where I had two sisters that lost a lot of weight years and years ago. They ate regularly, but they ate really small portion sizes, like really small portion sizes. So I thought, okay, still that fits in with my less is more sort of that must be the way it works type of a thing. So I definitely thought that that was the way it was going to be. And then it all sort of flipped on its head and Matt told me that that was all wrong. And so that was that was a bit confronting. But once I understood the calorie awareness stuff that you talked to me about, Matt, and that all made sense to me. It all just sort of clicked in really fast for me. It just was like, okay, I get this. I understand it. Cool. Let's do this. But I think just like anything, when progress is slow, because progress is always slower than we want it to be, I think that's when I started to, these sort of fears started to bubble up to the surface again. I think that that's where they sort of come back up is where I start to maybe feel a little bit annoyed about the slowness of the progress because I still feel annoyed about slowness of the progress. I mean, I know that it's going to be slow, but it doesn't mean that it's less annoying. I don't focus on it. But every so often, something might trigger something and and just that bit of annoyance comes up where it's like, God damn it, you know, I'm working so hard and nothing seems to be shifting. And then that tends to trigger this fear of, well, what am I doing wrong? You know, like, wh- what, where am I getting this wrong? And then it always seems to go back to that old mentality that I had, which was the way to lose weight is to eat less. Does that make sense? Yeah, it does. So how would that then affect the choices you made? So I would just start eating less in the past. In what way? Less like... Less food. Just less volume? Yeah. So I would still eat the same amount of times each day, but I would unconsciously a lot of the time cut down on the amount of food I was putting in my bowl. The portions? Yes. So were you then... Was that then affecting your satiety? your appetite later on. I'm glad you explained that because I do not know what satiety means. You asked me that last week and I told you. Yeah, I forget. (laughs) Satiety. Who uses that word? Seriously. Well, I do. Okay. That's so funny. (laughs) Wow. My wife. Anyway. (laughs) Sorry. Um, Sorry. Repeat your satiety question. (laughs) So reducing the uh, volume of your portion sizes because you then have the less is more reaction. Mm-hmm. Did you notice that had an effect on things like uh, appetite, uh, 
again, satiety or a sense of fullness. Yes, you may giggle in the background there. So you like... Or energy levels. Was I feeling more hungry? Did you notice a difference? Yes. And what was that difference? I would feel hungry. So rather than being able to... You tend to find when you eat consistently the same similar portion sizes and around the same times because we're all creatures of habit and we tend to always do things day to day especially Monday to Friday tend to be very similar timings so when you get into a certain pattern of things you I notice that I tend not to be hungry for sort of the three hours after I've eaten whereas Mm. I was getting hungry like an hour after I had eaten and what were you doing then to get like your so you then said that, you know, like you're looking to have food every three or so hours, but now you're getting hungry in an hour. What would you do? Just suck it up? Often, yeah. Okay, often doesn't mean always. What else would you do? I'd just have another meal. Okay. I'd have another meal or I would snack, which is not ideal. So I would just go to the fridge and I would snack on whatever was sort of there rather than having a whole meal. Because then again, that would, if I had another whole meal, that was a very, very rare occasion that would happen because then that would also me, that would be me thinking again, you can't have another meal, you just ate. Like, because then you're eating too much again. You're not allowed to. You're not allowed to have another meal. Exactly. So I would tend to just snack on things that might be in the fridge. Sometimes they were good, I guess, quote unquote, good snacking where I might have like some carrot sticks and some celery and things like that. Just something crunchy that I could just chew on. Boring. Or I would have, you know, back when I used to have, especially when I lived with my parents and my family, because they would obviously have their own food in the house. So that increased the chances that I would snack on something that was not good for me at all something delicious something like delicious chocolate. <laughs> like chocolate ice cream yeah cookies jelly snakes yep all of that sort of stuff so obviously when i moved out i didn't buy those things so i couldn't really snack on them but when i lived with my family that's what i would snack on when i moved out i would snack on whatever was in the fridge but yeah just real plain stuff like carrots and yeah. Bland. Did you did you notice anything in terms of energy levels, like day-to-day basis or in your workouts when that would happen? Yeah, I would, but I think that it took me a while to notice. Okay, what, what was it that you noticed? that I would struggle, wouldn't be lifting as much weight. So I think like the week, one week, you can sort of pass it off as maybe like, oh, just an off week. it's just an off week, you know, I'm tired or whatever. Um, then if it happens like the next week and the next week, it tends to be a slap in the face as to I can't keep coming up with other reasons why my workouts aren't as good. Well, there's a pattern emerging there, isn't there? Exactly. So it would take me several weeks to be able to usually sort of snap out of it by saying, okay, this is not good. Did you notice any sort of negative impact on your cardio workouts? Yeah, absolutely. It just didn't have the juice, just didn't have the energy. It was it was just like, it, it, it's, it's honestly just like someone takes your dial from 10 and, and puts it down to five. Didn't have the juice. I love it. You stole my saying. Yeah. This ain't over hanging around each other for a long time. I love it. But didn't, well, didn't, didn't quite have the, the juice in the tank 
to get it done. What about like a day-to-day energy level sort of thing? Was there any sort of effect there where like you might start finding yourself getting more tired early? Yeah, absolutely. But I think because as well, I used to work in hospitality and I used to work shift work. Again, it would take me several weeks to be able to have a common sense sort of visual on the situation because I would always have something else to be able to say it was. You know, like, oh, it was just because I worked night shift this week. or So you were looking to pass it off, basically. Always looking to pass yeah, okay. it off. Yeah. So it would take me a good sort of two to three weeks, probably three weeks generally, to be able to snap out of it and realise what I was doing and sort of um, check myself and rein it back in. And so what would you what would you then do once you sort of admitted yourself like, shit, this backfired? Actually, before, I, before you answer that question, um, another question where, like, we've talked about you know, it's had, an, it's had a negative effect on energy levels, on uh, quality of your training sessions. Did you notice anything in terms of the clothes? Or, or you know, weight loss, weight gain, or hitting a plateau? Yeah, nothing moved. I don't tend to, re- to recall in the past any sort of big weight gain moments. I think a lot of my weight gain over my time, I would contribute more to complacency. Yep. More so to the my fear of overeating, but definitely my plateaus um, tend to come from these sort of moments in time because, yeah, I definitely notice that nothing changes, which is which is the whole sort of evil cycle of the whole thing. It's a real bitch because when you really think about it, the reason in the first place I started to that what triggered this fear to, of overeating to bubble back up to the surface was my frustration with lack of progress. So there's a, a bit of a habit loop moment there. Correct. So the, the cue is you, you feel and you tell yourself, shit, I'm not changing. I should have, got, have, should have had something else happen by now. And then the routine then is, oh, well, I'll eat less. But Correct. the reward, and I use that term loosely, or the outcome is that you would absolutely stay in that plateaued state correct it makes it worse because realistically if i went back and 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 analyzed my quote-unquote lack of progress in the beginning there probably was progress there i just wasn't focusing on it because i'm focusing on the wrong areas to gauge progress so in fact i'm not only i'm not really plateauing i'm actually making it worse i'm going backwards because there probably was progress there. I just didn't take the time to notice it. Well, progress, as we know, does come more than just physical change. That tends to be the last thing that you get. Correct. But with me, it has always been the first thing that my brain wants to tell myself, all right, judge your progress by this. Well, you know, well, that's normal, to be fair. Yes. So then what would happen is I would judge it on something, say to myself, no, nah, there's no change. This is shit. I'm so annoyed. I'm working my ass off, you know, blood, sweat and tears into this and nothing's happening. And that would trigger up the fear of, well, why isn't it happening? What's wrong with me? What's, what am I doing wrong here? That would bubble up the surface of my old mentality of, no, I should be eating less. Other people lose weight from eating less. Until they gain it. You know, and that again, then that brings in you're comparing yourself to others. I'm comparing myself to others. I'm focusing too much on that. That then leads to either regression or plateau, which is pretty much the same thing to me in that sort of situation. If I'm plateauing off, I'm regressing because what I was doing before was actually working. 
I just didn't actually take the time to stop and notice it. So it's just like this really evil cycle that then goes around. So I think you asked me before, Matt, like I think you were going to ask me what then did I think to try to start to wind this back in. Yeah. I think that it tends to be sort of, I have like this, my own, I tend to have my own little monologue happening in my head generally most days. Illustrate this please. Like I'm like Carrie Bradshaw in Sex and the City. Like I just like talk to myself. Um, But never seen it. (laughs) 10. Oh really? Don't judge. No, that's all right. I wouldn't judge you for that. But I like Seinfeld. I don't like Seinfeld. Mm. I don't find it funny. Mm. But anyway, we'll save that for a different podcast. Yes. <laughs> Illustrate or talk about the monologue. I tend to just talk myself through. What I'm trying to say is I tend to just talk myself through a lot of this sort of stuff. So it gets to, so they say, three, three or four weeks later where I can't blame this stuff away on other things anymore, where I have to admit the fact that, okay, I fucked up here which is a really hard thing to admit to yourself. It's a bitter pill to swallow, for sure. It's really bitter when you realise that what you were doing was working and you've just fucked it up. Self-sabotage. And so you've taken something that you worked your ass off for and you went up five steps and now you've walked back five and a half. And you kick yourself. And you just, those are the moments that really test you because those are the moments where you just want to throw your hands up in the air and you just want to say, fuck it, I've had enough, I'll just be fat. (laughs) Seriously, that sometimes goes through my head in the past where I've had those moments and I just think, you know what, fuck it, I wasn't, and and you try to convince yourself. I try to convince myself, no, I wasn't that unhappy fat, I'll just go back to being fat, it's just way easier. You know, you forget how unhappy you were at that time. And I would just tell myself, no, 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 it's okay, I'll just go back to being fat. So those are the moments that really used to test me where I would have to admit that I had fucked it up and that I was going to have to try to fix it. And the most bitter pill to swallow is the reason you were so pissed off in the first place that led to all of this happening was your frustration over it not having fast enough and now you've just added six months to your timeline because you fucked it. That is the most bitter pill for me to swallow in the past. Like it has fully come full circle and what I feared the most happening has happened because I fucked it up. And if I had have just left it alone, it would have been fine. That has been the biggest pain in the ass for me. But once I was able to admit to myself that I had fucked it up, but it's okay. We'll just fix it. Okay, how do you fix it? How have you fixed it? I mean, actually, no. No, no, I'm going to put you under the microscope here a bit more before we get into, into the, the, good, the good side of the story. How, how recently has this thing reared its head on you? Oh, just like friggin' when? Calendar year 2018 or before? Yeah, no, 2018. I'm glad you said that. Yeah, like last month. Yes, I'm, I'm very good. <laughs> okay, details please. Details of how I fix it? 
Uh, no, what went down? Oh, well, it wasn't as evil of a cycle as it has been in the past. That is one good thing I can say is that I've, able, I've been able to not have such a massive impact every time this fear bubbles to the surface, every time. So I've been able to get a hold of it and sort of bring down... Being able to get a hold of the cycle um, has been able to bring down how badly, how much damage I can do from bubbling up this fear if that makes sense so i don't go through that entire big cycle that i just spoke about every time now when um when i have this fear come up but it's just tends to be well this year i think it came up because i set a new goal i set a goal for this year so i set a goal that i wanted to lose more body fat by the end of this year and matt and i are going to have a photo shoot at the end of the year to celebrate that goal and I haven't put like a size limit on it. I haven't put a weight limit on it. I've just set myself the goal that I want to get into the same black dress that I wore to an event at the end of 2017, at the end of this year, and feel better in the dress. That was purely my goal. So in saying that, then I have to start just like any other goal, just like we speak about with all of our clients when you set a goal, let's break it down, let's set some uh, progress goals, then work on other goals from there, how we're going to achieve those pro- progress goals. So in, in looking at all of that, that's then when I start to feel like this fear of overeating started to bubble up for me. So what did I do when it ca- bubbled up? Yeah, like, bro, what month? happened last month? <laughs> it Stop was, dodging it. No, it was actually really good. So I didn't go through that whole big evil cycle that I'd spoken about earlier. I literally just talked it through logically. I talked to you, Matt, about it. I spoke to another friend about it and just started to get some some common sense methods on how to deal with it. I so, think I've passed the point and I think with there's certain amount of there's certain fears that you just can't say you're going to banish them completely. And I think up to this point, I had focused too much on banishing this fear completely instead of just working with it. So what what made you notice at this time? How did this thing come about? You mentioned the goals, but what were you doing and when did you notice it? I noticed it because then I started in... In thinking about my goals, I started, other old habits started to rear up in terms of comparing myself to others, comparing myself to what other people look like in terms of trying to then set my own goal, which is obviously not a very healthy way to set your goals. Why? Because you can never, you can't allow other people to set your goals for you. And I feel that when you're comparing yourself to other people... And you're using that comparison to set your own goals. It's basically what you're doing. You're allowing that person, whether it be a stranger or not, to dictate what your goals are. And I may not necessarily look like anybody else ever. I'm going to look like Courtney. So I need to just pick a goal that suits Courtney. So that's what I did. And in doing that, and and then when I did catch myself starting to look at other people and comparing myself to other people in order to set my goals, that's then when that fear bubbles up because you compare yourself to other people. You think, all right, what did that person do to look like that? And then that's when that old mentality for me of 
well, she must be eating less, comes in. Because that was always, as I said, for years and years and years and years and years and years and years, that is what I thought was how people lost weight. And so you were then back into the comparing yourself to others mode. By the way, we did a great episode on that. Yes, we did. Like early on in the piece. Um, but how? what was your response to those comparisons? So you said eating less. What did you do? Started to eat less. So your portion size is getting smaller? Yes. Okay. Um, and then what I would also do is I would choose food that was easier to eat. Because ah. certain foods that are hard to eat. There's certain foods that are hard for me to eat because maybe I don't like the food. And there's just certain foods that are hard for me to eat because they take a long time to eat. Um, Would you say you got lazy? Yeah, definitely. So I took out a lot of the bulkiness and the vegetables from my food and I start replacing it with just salads, things that are really easy to eat. They don't take a lot of energy to eat. So take away the bulk and replace it with leaves. Yes. Okay. Uh, did you notice it having an effect on workouts, appetite? Sorry, satiety. Satiety. Word of the day. <laughs> Word of the day is satiety. Spell satiety. Me? Yeah. Um, S-A-T-I-E-T-Y. I don't know the answer. I just wanted you to keep, do it. <laughs> keep talking. I Fuck you. I now have to go and confirm this. Uh, that's funny. Ready for this? Yes. Nailed it. Nailed it. <laughs> Matt, the human dictionary, does it again. Continue. Google satiety. Um, anyway, sorry. Lost, I've totally lost track. Okay, back back to the question. Um, did you notice it having an effect on your <clears throat> satiety? Oh, yes. Um, uh, and energy levels. Again, not straight away, but after a couple of weeks. I noticed it slightly, but not to the point. I think I actually mentally picked up on what I was doing before I noticed it in the gym. Well, you accept, you sort of noticed it and then listened to it sooner. Yes. Okay. I didn't actually wait for the physical symptoms to start. Didn't wait for the workouts to start going to shit. I could actually, I just noticed what I was doing and started acting on it straight away. So... Matt, you tend to notice when my food looks different and you point it out to me every time he notices that my food has changed. Um, As which, all good husbands should. Which, which actually is... And all good trainers is, should. does happen often because I am the sort of person that gets bored with my food very quickly. Yes. So I do have to change up what I'm eating quite often because if I, if I just have the same thing all the time, it does my head in. I can't stand it. So, and I have to enjoy what I'm eating. If I don't enjoy what I'm eating, then it's just pointless to me. Because, yes, I have goals, but I should, you, you really should never have to sacrifice, like, the fact uh, that you enjoy food. You yourself have said there is some sacrifice involved. There's always sacrifice, but it shouldn't be the taste of the food. Oh, like, it shouldn't be boring. It's a, like, it's a diet. you know, there's, yeah, boring is not going to happen. Unless busting your balls. You would. So I mentally picked up on what I was doing, spoke to a friend. She actually gave me a great piece of advice, which was uh, to try to start pre-portioning off my food, which I tend not to do only because we work a lot from home. So the way Matt and I prep our food, 
a lot of the time is to buy um, all the food, is to cook or chop or do what we need to do with the food, but we keep it in separate containers in the fridge. And that works for me being a fussy eater because then if I feel like more of one thing and less of another thing in that meal or if I feel like stir frying it or if I feel like just heating it up in the microwave, I can do that or if it, you know what I mean? If I feel like putting all those ingredients into an omelet, I can do that. So I can change it up to how it suits me. It's not just sort of pre-done, ready there. But is it then worth trying out the pre-portioned things for you just to see what it does? Yes. So her advice was don't have to do a whole week's worth, but just try like two days worth of food that's already pre-portioned sort of portioned out. So... It's, it's, a, it's a mentality thing. So as I'm standing there, every time I go to eat, I'm not having to think about how much food I'm having because it's already in a container ready for me, which worked really well for me, I have to say, because I could still then, if I decided to have that, what I did was I did that with my vegetables or salad or a mixture of both, whatever it was that I was having, that's what I did for there. And then I just added my protein, whatever I felt like, whether it be you know, fish or beef or chicken or eggs with it. Um, and that, I have to say, really worked for me because I find it the easy part adding in the protein. I find it the hard part with the really bulk part of the meal with how much there is there and to weighing it all out and measuring it all out and and or just portioning it out and feeling like there's just so much food there. Do you remember that time... Um Tell me if you remember this. Um, I'll share a bit of a story here. Last year, there was a time when uh, Courtney went to our gym uh, before I got there. And in classic Courtney fashion, forgot to take her meal with her. So I get the order. Bring my food. It's not how husband, I said it. Husband, bring my food. It's not how I said it. So, okay. you know, like a good, doting, loving husband that I am, I took my orders and I went and made it. No. Courtney said, can you please bring my food down? I need this, 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 and this. Um, tell me if you remember this one, dear. Yes, so, I do remember this Courtney one. sent me through, you know, I want this this much chicken, um, this much broccoli, this much cauliflower, this much blah, 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 blah. And so I put it all into a bowl. And I'm like, hang on. This is fucking a meal that a five-year-old would eat. So I literally doubled the amount. Every number that she gave me for vegetables, I doubled it. I thought, righto, champ, let's see if you can um, see if you notice this. So then what I did was I lightly stir-fried it because Courtney and I have spoken in the past uh, on this very show and in various blogs and videos that we've done that a, a key to sustainable long-term weight loss is actually eating more food because as your body gets leaner and stronger, it needs more energy coming back into the tank, right? So Courtney is a very strong, energetic young woman. Um, so the logic there is eating like a five-year-old girl may not suffice. So the problem though, is that if we're gradually and systematically increasing our food intake and increasing the volume of quality food that we're having, sooner or later, you get to the point where it's like, mm, I can't get any more in, I feel like I'm pregnant. And that's where things like raw vegetables can kind of almost backfire because they're so bloody hard to chew and digest, you can, you can only get like a, a finite amount in. So by lightly stir frying it, you actually make the vegetables easier to chew and digest, but also lightly stir frying it does not nuke 
the nutrients out of it. So I lightly stir-fried Courtney's meal for, what, 30 seconds, 45 seconds, just to take a bit of the edge off the rawness and make it a bit more chewy. Didn't say a word, took it down to the gym, and she demolished that shit in about 60 seconds flat. That's no reaction, but um, yes, you I put, did eat it. You put it away pretty, like like a champ. I was Very hungry. impressive, exactly. I remember saying to Courtney, did you notice anything about that meal? And no, she did not. I did. You you actually said to me, no, I had to tell you. Oh, yeah. I had to tell you. I did you. think that there was more in it, though. But not double. I had a suspicion. Not double, but I did have a suspicion that he put more food in my bowl. Yeah, I did. Um, because well, the logic there is, you know what? If she doesn't eat it all, like who cares? Mm. Just go and see. Because I've had that, I use that same tactic on myself. Like the amount of vegetables I have in my meals, if I try and have them raw, I'm going to spew. Yeah. Because of how much there is. Um, just thought I'd relay that story as a nice little experiment you can run on yourself sometimes. Yeah, absolutely. It also goes to show that, you know, like the different, different methods of preparation and different methods of cooking your food can have an impact on how much you can actually get in. Mm. because there is I have known people in the past and I've been guilty of being one of them where it's easy to think oh well all my vegetables have to be fresh and raw no no fuck no no but I think the main things that have helped me over the time with this are just not not allowing myself to constantly use excuses so constantly use excuses like oh well I'm switching my food up to this because I just I'm sick of that. Where that's fine, but then taking out the vegetables and just having a very basic salad, that that is just an excuse for that. Like there's actually no excuse for doing that. There's plenty of other things that I can cook that still involve having vegetables and having the amount of food that I need to have that I could do rather than just have cutting everything out and just having a very born, you know, bland and basic salad. So that's an excuse that I have had to recognize that I make and deal with. So I think that recognizing excuses that you have on yourself is a really big one. For me, I think recognizing what triggers the fear in me was a really big one. So as I said before, recognizing that it comes a lot from comparing myself to others and getting frustrated with quote, you know, quote unquote lack of progress um, was a big triggers for me. So obviously being mindful of that, um, you know, actually being mindful of that led to us doing that uh, blog and podcast on the signs you're about to lose weight because it made me think about what other factors I could focus my attention on rather than always focusing it on whether my tummy has gone down or not. Um, so just being mindful of those triggers and being aware of them has been really helpful for me. Definitely the suggestion that my girlfriend gave me, which was to sort of pre-portion out two days at a time worth of food. I have tried that and it was definitely really successful for me. So if you do struggle as well with something like I am, maybe try that. That was really helpful for me. Um, worth continuing to do. Yeah, definitely. Definitely that one is worth continuing to do. And what else? I'm just trying to think if anything else has really helped me. I think also just having the support of Matt and him also keeping an eye on me. Oh my God. I know. 
actually Stop the press. vomiting in my mouth. Woo! Just saying it. No, I'm just kidding. No, it does help. So if you've got a friend or a partner that is obviously supporting you through your weight loss sort of journey, having them telling them about your fears and then being mindful then of your fears so they can keep an eye out for you is really helpful because obviously we often don't see things in ourselves for weeks after generally we have made them happen so you can save yourself quite a few weeks of heartache if you've got someone there who can also keep an eye on you and just call you out on some excuses that you're telling yourself. Matt, did you have any other tips or examples that you've seen? I mean, you said you didn't really go through this sort of problem. That's why I've sort of done most of the talking on this one. But you've seen it in myself and in other clients. Have you seen other things that have been helpful for this? Uh, honestly, I, I I came into this episode thinking I did have a couple of points I was going to make, but you've kind of hit this one out of the park. Uh. Um, I kind of want to save it for a different show like you've... Mm. You've touched on everything as like this, yeah. Well, I hope that's helpful he's, anyway. He's, by the way, when um, planning this episode, Courtney's the one saying to me, oh, this is a very interesting... <laughs> this is a very interesting topic. 45 <laughs> minutes later, uh, no. And I've just spewed a lot of words out. Yeah, but a, very, a, a lot of very insightful and very useful ones. I hope it has made sense. Sometimes I go off on tangents and I hope that what I'm speaking about actually makes sense. So, so. do you think then for yourself that obviously this hasn't gone away. No. As in the word banish that you used before. But do you think then, would you say it's getting easier to deal with and easier to recognize? Absolutely. And I think the the best way to judge that is the fact that I, that evil cycle that I sort of mapped out earlier, I don't go through that whole thing now. It's getting shorter. So it, it's it's becoming easy, like, like to the point where last month where it sort of came up again, I, it wasn't even, it didn't even get to the stage where it was physically impacting me. So I hadn't even got to that stage yet before I recognized it and said, oh, I think I'm having an issue with this again. And that's, again, where I spoke to my, my um, girlfriend about it and she came up with that other great advice about it. So it's always really good to ask other people if they have advice about these sort of things because it turned out that she had had issues in the past with the, around this sort of topic as well. So you never know who else might have been struggling with this sort of thing. And they, other people, are, you know, we as human beings, we, we develop coping mechanisms to, to help us through certain things. So everyone's got their certain ways of dealing with things. Some of them may really work for you and some of them may not. But I think being open and honest with a lot of your fears and a lot of the things holding you back really is what's going to help you through these sort of things. It's what's helped me through this sort of stuff. I could have easily kept this fear to myself. I could have easily not spoken about it to anyone, not spoken about it to Matt, not spoken about it to my girlfriend, just kept it all bottled up inside. But at the end of the day, A, that's not going to help me get to my end goal. It's not going to help me and force me to deal with it. And it's not going to allow, like open up my knowledge base to potentially a whole heap of strategies that i could use to 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 work on it and help others absolutely so would you then say that by speaking this into existence it's become easier to deal with yeah 100 percent. yeah 100 percent, which is pretty much goes for everything around my weight loss journey i don't think there's there's ever a topic that now doing like this show or anything that i'm afraid to talk about because i know that 
it could potentially help somebody else. And I've come to terms with everything that I've gone through, the good and the bad. I mean, I have fucked up most things that you could fuck up with trying to lose weight over the years. So, you know, believe me, I've had to swallow plenty of bitter pills, but it's got me to this point where I can easily talk about it. And you grow from it. Absolutely. So would you say then that um, that sort of willingness from yourself and, you know, we do this together, but that, that willingness from us to tackle any subject head on is why we're the best fucking health and fitness podcast in the world. <laughs> oh, totally. <laughs> According to a review done by you and me. Yeah, for sure. For sure. So, Self-reviews are really, really popular. So putting, putting a bow on this, obviously Courtney and I would like to hear from you if you can relate to this topic. Yes. Uh, Courtney... We like to receive emails where... Podcast at theweightlosspodcast.com. Wow. I know. Just all over it, I've mate. I've been practicing. Just killing it. What, what is it again? Podcast at theweightlosspodcast.com. Yes, we would like to hear from you. If you've gone through a fear of food slash fear of overeating, uh, we'd love to get your perspective and your experience on it. Uh, I'm not sure if we've said it yet, but our podcast email is podcast at theweightlosspodcast.com. <laughs> Because third time's a charm. Yes, I hope that was helpful. I hope I didn't spew too much information and it actually made sense. I don't think there is too much information when it comes to this stuff just because it's good to flesh it out. Mm. And we've taken what is what well, what what you thought, Courtney, uh, yes. was a boring, small, uninteresting topic and we've been banging on now for almost 50 minutes. Yes. So what up with that? I and told talk. you so. Can talk. <laughs> just, just sort of rub that one in. But in the end, it's fine to flesh this out because it's going to be useful. Yeah. Because we know that this, any problem that we're going to bring up, we're not Robinson Crusoe on the island by ourselves. Really? With this. What? <laughs> That's what you're going to go with? What? On the island by itself. Fuck you. <laughs> Fuck this shot. This show sucks. <laughs> Anyway, wrap it on up. Yep, we're done. So hope. What's that? (laughs) You. I married this. I asked this to marry me. Thanks for giving us a word of the day, Matt, too. That was good. What? Crusoe or satiety? (laughs) Satiety. Even spelt it right. Courtney, how do you spell satiety? Oh, I don't care. Give it to me. Come on. Didn't even know it was a word up until a couple of weeks ago. Of course you didn't. Give it to me. (laughs) I'd like to know how many people knew this as tighty. Everyone except you. No, no, I don't think that's true. I'm going to call my sister right so after this and ask her. No, I don't no. think she knows it's a word either. I know who you're going to call, <laughs> and that is not the person I go to for word references. <laughs> Email us, podcast at theweightlosspodcast.com, if you've heard of the word satiety before. I'll start by emailing us. Yes, I have. So, let, okay, we're, we're losing our shit now. This has gone completely off the rails. We're, we're about Thanks to, for we're, listening. We're about to turn this into a... Um, what are they called? I don't know. You're telling the story. Those episodes sorry. where people just fuck the whole thing up. Um, <laughs> I think we've just jumped the shark. So <laughs> um, No, no, no. We are now Princess Leia flying you. through space back into the spaceship. Thanks for listening. Yeah, hope, hope that helped. helped. Speak soon. See Bye ya. for now. Bye. Bye, Courtney. Bye. 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 Get more free tips, listen to previous episodes, and contact Matt and Courtney at theweightlosspodcast.com.